Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Joined on this Thanksgiving Eve by G. Hay Wiley. Armani Buckets, a lot of basketball to get into. But before we do that, a programming note, uh, tomorrow's show, Thanksgiving's show, if you're going to be driving around on Thanksgiving, you are going to get a best of show, perhaps. Friday is a best of show. Jihei, can you, uh, you know, for those hardcore listeners driving out there or tuning in on the podcast, what can they look forward to hearing on Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday, and then Black Friday? Well, Thanksgiving Thursday, guys, you get to listen to Arash and myself on my oh, podcast, right. The Sports Bar. That is THA Sports Bar for those that want to follow. Um, so we did an episode, I think a little evergreen episode a couple weeks ago, yeah. I believe. And uh, it was just kind of the uh, evolution of our friendship and everything. So you guys kind of get to know us a little bit more, but also we get to talk a little LA sports as well, obviously, on there. And then for Friday, uh, we get you get to listen to Mr. Luke Robitaille, the nicest man on the planet he again. Nice. He's really, he's too nice, man. Like sometimes- For a guy who has a statue outside a Staples Center, Hall of Famer, just one of the nicest human beings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they grow them well in Canada. I'm not going to lie <laughs> on right. that one. Really nice guy. Um, especially for somebody that... For a living, for most of his living, would knock people's teeth in, right? And like, because of Luke, you you got to go see the Capitals play. Yeah. Uh, so that that came from Luke. So yeah, yeah Luke no. is fantastic. He's he's great. So uh, we have Luke Robitaille on there, um, as well as Joe Posnanski. Yeah, he has a, a great author. The Baseball 100 or something like that. That, that the is book correct. That came out. So we, we tried to give you guys something that... Um, like we're not recapping a game that happened a month ago. So Luke talks about the Kings and, you know, what to expect from the team this season and they're playing well. And Joe Posnanski talks about the baseball 100 and how he got that uh, list together. All right. So we had a lot of basketball last night. Um, where to get into first. All right, let's, let's start with the Lakers here. I didn't have a ton of expectations. Again, LeBron James serving his first suspension in his 19-year career. By the way, t- ticket prices. So on Sunday, ticket prices, the get-in price. When you say get-in price, that means the cheapest ticket just to get your foot in the door was 500 bucks. When LeBron got suspended, it dropped down about 150 I mean, that's how much LeBron James is worth. And it makes sense. Listen, it's LeBron James. These are his last few years, so this was sort of his last, uh, not, listen, he's going to come back, but in terms of if you want to see Madison Square Garden, LeBron James play there, this was a a chance to, to do that. Again, got the night off, so not a ton of expectations. So I sit down and watch that game. They fall down 10 to 0 to begin the game. What were they down by? They were down by 20 plus points pretty quickly. It was a disaster. They came back. They made it a close game, but this is not a good defensive team. And at one point during the broadcast on TNT, they are just, I mean, I, maybe they don't watch the team that closely, but they're they are just kind of surprised at how poor this team is defensively. And gee, you've talked about it. D- d- defense is what? You don't have to be the most skilled player in the world. Defense is what? Yeah, defense is effort, guys. Yeah. I mean, you just got to give some effort. Just, got, just try. 
right? And and you can definitely uh, you can be one of the best defensive players in the game. Obviously, there is some skill to to defense. You know, you got to get low. You have to have certain positioning. I get that, but you know, at the end of the day, just try, just try, little effort, and and it goes a long way. And it doesn't look like they're trying a lot of the times. I think that's the frustration level for a lot of fans out there. They are wondering, you know, where is the effort? Where is the try? And it really wasn't there in the first half, not surprisingly. Um, It was there in the second half, and they came back. They uh, tied it up. It was a one-possession game. But as was the case. And by the way, I think the line moved up, Jihei, and uh, there was a lot of people who got killed on that hook. I think it was like a a six-and-a-half-point spread at tip-off. So the Knicks win 106 to 100, getting hurt on that uh, hook, which we always hate. But listen, this was a game I, I wasn't too optimistic about. I, I just, uh, the pieces don't fit. And the problem is these are pieces you can't really change. Again, you, you can change the coaching staff. You can change some of the players like who come off the bench. LeBron James is here. And, um, and, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to move these pieces. So, Armand, as you're watching the game last night, and it's basically the same thing. At this point, we know they're not a good defensive team. At this point, we, we know what they can and cannot do. It's not a shock. Um, was there something that kind of struck you? Again, they, they come back. They tie up the game. It was close at the end. But listen, I mean, there was no way I viewed this as some way, somehow, without LeBron James, they were going to find a way to win that game. Well, like you said, Arash, 10 nothing to start, right? So right off the bat, you dig yourself a hole. Look like they didn't even want to play at the beginning of the game. They fell behind by, I believe it was 25 in the first half. Right away, Frank Vogel, that starting lineup, scratch it. Don't use it again. Ever. So that's the By the way, DeAndre game. Jordan getting that kind of run, it's, right? Yeah, he played he played 25 minutes, which... <laughs> is about 25 more than he probably should. <laughs> I'll give him 20, <laughs> 20, 22 more than he probably yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, like, there was all this talk in the offseason, multiple seasons now. Anthony Davis, I will adapt to playing center, all right? I don't know who's responsible for making that decision, whether it's him, whether it's Vogel that wants to go with two bigs. But regardless, they got to scrap the center. They got to put AD at the five to start the game. That's Mm -hmm. first. Other than that, LeBron obviously missing with suspension. Kendrick Nunn, who knows when he's going to be back. I don't think we've had an update. Trevor Ariza missing and Austin Reeves missing. Uh, Kent Bazemore didn't play coach's decision and Rondo didn't play. So let's assume LeBron comes back, obviously, tonight. And then let's assume Kendrick Nunn, Ariza, and Austin Reeves. Out of the guys that they're missing, how many of them are going to be a part of the rotation? Yeah, I can't imagine Trevor Ariza getting a ton of run. Who's he going to play over? Yeah, exactly. This is the team. So yeah, and and the and we've seen them with LeBron again. When LeBron gets when LeBron got into that scuffle with Stewart, the Lakers were down by twelve to a terrible Detroit Pistons team. And not only that, they they come back and they win that game, right? Yeah, and they show. This, this fight. That's right. Right? People would say, what, could, could this be the turning point? I'm like, let me see how they play against the Knicks. Let me see how they play. Like, let me see how they play. Because I've seen this team enough times where I do not think a win. Uh, and again, as you know, the Pistons are one of the worst teams in the league. So, like, just because they came back and beat a terrible Pistons team, do I think this will be the turning point moment for them? No. No. They, they do it twice in a row. They yeah. come all the way back. 
they get right there with the Knicks. I don't think they ever took the lead, but they tied the game. Make this amazing rally just to see it in the fourth quarter go go bad against Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, and yeah. Alec Burks. And that's the thing is like there is no consistency with this team. They make you they fall behind twenty five. They rally all the way back. Russell Westbrook has an incredible game, and it just doesn't matter. There's no consistency. And then Talon Horton Tucker looks good, looks good, looks good, oh and then God. 0 for 8 and 0 points last night. I look like an idiot. I was on the radio, and they said, who do you think is going to play well without LeBron? I said, well, listen, you know all the big names. I think Talon Horton Tucker is going to have himself a, a heck of a game. Puts up a donut. Puts up a bagel in New York. It was embarrassing. Come on, THT. I mean, some people just play cold, man, and yeah. just it is what it is. I'm not saying that he, he does that on a consistent basis, but yesterday might have been the day, right? By the way, the view from Vegas, I was talking to some friends in Las Vegas just saying, like, at what point like, do you just really like drop this team? Because the odds for the Lakers are always going to be skewed because of Las Vegas. A, they're the Lakers. B, it's in Las Vegas. It's their team. So right now, the updated odds as we sit here on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Brooklyn Nets, 11-4. Golden State Warriors at 9-2. I, I still love I, I loved those odds at the beginning of the season. Utah, 9-1. Milwaukee, Phoenix Suns, the two teams that played in the finals last year, are tied at 10-1. Miami Heat, 12-1. The Lakers now sit at at 16 to 1 and what I was told is like we they are very close to dropping them now. The Denver Nuggets are 20 to 1. Um so the Lakers continue to drop. Realistically, they they should be about 25 to 1, which is where the Clippers and the Chicago Bulls sit right now. Um this this team is not winning the division. They're not winning the conference. They're not playing in the finals. Like I like people have talked about that Cleveland team 2018, I think that they kind of hit the reset button. I don't think that there's a team out there that's going to help the Lakers. I don't think there's a team out there that's like, yeah, we'll put a package of players for you. We'll take some. Like, how do you improve this team, Armand? I mean, there, there, there's no clear path to this team doing what Cleveland did. I don't know how you improve the team, but I will give a sliver of optimism okay. in the sense that the West is not, I think we've said it multiple times, but the West is not the West that we. What about the Warriors, though? They, like, yes. That's, them, the, that's the team that I'm Phoenix about. is on fire. But yeah. if you look at Phoenix's win streak, they've beaten a bunch of teams yeah. that are not good or second night of a back-to-back. I still have to see a lot more from the Suns. So you, you take those two teams. Okay. Then you have the Kawhi factor that he might not play all year, although I think he will. I think he will. Then the Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. might be out for the year. So now they're going in the wrong direction, possibly. Dallas has always been a mystery. Mm -hmm. So if there's a sliver of optimism, they have basically the entire season to figure it out. They can get to the conference. I mean, there is a chance. There is a chance. Again, the Warriors are the team that really at the beginning of the season concerned me. But I would not have thought that they would have played this well without Kawhi. Kawhi should should come back uh, by Christmas. James Weissman, people forget about him. So you get those two guys back with the way that the team is currently playing right now. That's the team. I mean, but this would be a successful season in my book. I know fans will not agree, but like if this team, the way that they're currently playing, gets to the conference finals, and then at that point, you don't know what could possibly happen. Look at Toronto, right? When they get got to the finals, there was no logical reason why you would pick the Raptors to beat the Warriors, but then KD goes down, Klay Thompson goes down. So, like, listen, if, if you could figure it out and get that far, but as we sit here today, again, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, 
They're not a playoff team. They're, they're, they're not. I mean, I, I cannot believe I'm saying that at this point in the season. And again, most, like, you know, not hardcore fans, most casual fans don't start to care until around Christmas. We'll see how this team does. But the thing is, we it's not a small sample size at this point. We've seen them when they're healthy. We've seen them with LeBron. We've, 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 we've seen how they play. The pieces don't fit. Maybe they will fit at some point. Maybe you can do something. The other team that looked really bad last night, and I think that they looked bad because they went up against the true number one team, and I don't think the number two team in the country is UCLA. We had number one Gonzaga, number two UCLA, and listen, before the game, I was a little concerned for the Bruins only because I, I, we, I think we all know how good Gonzaga has been historically how good they are this year that this game was never ever close 20 point win from Gonzaga um now dropping the Bruins to five and two on the season for you two you know for uh, Jihei she 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 was tracking that game and again knows college hoops so well and again leading in to that big Friday matchup Cannot wait, right? Oh, I'm so excited. I am so excited. I cannot wait for that matchup. But um, let's stick with this one for for now, which was abysmal. It was really, really bad. There was just no turning back for these guys. They just... We're so cold. Johnny Juzang with only 11 points. Same thing with Tiger Campbell. Only 11 points. Those are your two stars. Those are the guys that you depend on to score. Those guys are your scores. They're your facilitators. And they just came up so short. Um... Hawkins Jr., great job, 19 points, but again, you still need more from him. Um, your center, Miles Johnson, which they these guys were great on the block um, defensively, but they still could not contain Gonzaga. I mean, <laughs> Drew Timmy, like, he's still, still playing his heart out yeah. right now. He's doing so great. Chet Holgren, I mean, I already said, I said it yesterday, the kid's a beast. He only had 15 points, but what he did defensively was phenomenal. I think he had four blocks. Uh, he was he, he was great, you know? So I mean, he's, this was my first time seeing him. Uh, what type of, uh, let's say clearly, the joke is he has to go to the, the uh, gym, he needs some food, he looks malnourished, some, 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 you know, but... But he's also seven feet tall. He is. So he's a true seven-footer. So you have to take that into consideration um, that he is seven feet tall. So he's going to look emaciated because he's that tall like, but the skill sets there my only concern is you know him in the paint going up against guys in the league I think uh, that was my only thing but like man Gonzaga's they're that's, stacked that's, yeah. yeah no they're stacked he definitely obviously Chet needs to gain some weight and all that good stuff but uh, he's still he can play inside he can play outside which is what I think I said yesterday yeah. he has an overall game um, a lot of people are comparing him to KD uh, oh. And it's the exact same thing, right? Everybody's like, kids got to get in the weight room. Like all these things that are, to be honest with you, Katie said, just get me on the court and I'll show you what I can do. That is true. You know, you go back to Katie when he was at Texas. And I remember that because USC, one of the high watermarks of the USC basketball prog- program is when they beat Texas in the Sweet 16. Um, so Armand, did, what, did, you know, I think this was like maybe your first or second time seeing him. Um your thoughts on that comparison? As as I'm thinking about that comparison, I'm going to pull up Kevin Durant's game log. So Kevin Durant in college, his first college games, he scored 20, 21, 21, 29, 21. There's a list of 20-point games. 
And the thing is, I had not seen, I had seen Chet's highlights, but I hadn't seen him actually play in a game before last night. Gonzaga looks amazing. UCLA needs to figure out how to be in that weight class. But in terms of Chet, I really like the athleticism in terms of being a seven footer. It's, it's remarkable, but I still like, I'm like, is he really, we're going to see him on Friday against Paolo and Duke. That's going to be a heavyweight fight. And just to see him live, the way I felt was if he's on the court versus off the court, the team doesn't really miss a beat, mm-hmm. which if you're a generation—listen, six games into his college career, so yeah. long, long way to go, obviously. But if you're a generational talent, the 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 impact should be a little bit more, but the 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 way that he impacts the game undoubtedly is his rim protection. Yeah. Anytime UCLA went near the basket, they were so scared to even shoot. Even if he's not in the vicinity, he was impacting yeah. their rim protection, which is what we saw last year in a guy like Evan Mobley, who also has a skinny frame, very similar, and also defends the basket well. Now, at the NBA level, with that size, you're going to be going up against Joel Embiid, who's going to put you in the basket if you weigh 195 pounds. That's yeah. not going to work. Nikola Jokic is going <laughs> to yeah. dominate you at that weight. So obviously, there's a lot of room for growth. But I, I, I'm interested to see how he how he develops because the skill set is undoubtable. Oh, 100. Do everything. Yeah. Well, I'm bummed for Jihei that, that she's not making that drive out. I, I, I know she would if she could. She won't, but she'll be watching. So will you be watching that game from oh, home uh, or from work? or where? where, where I will be watching it from home in the oh. comfort of my couch. Um, absolutely, go. of course. I, I record every Duke game. It's, it's on my DVR. And she um, has her Duke sw- sw- sweater oh on, her blue hoodie. <laughs> Preparing for that game, yeah, that Duke Blue. So I, I'm looking forward to the to the matchup that he will have against Mark Williams. Um, Duke is so defensively sound. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you on that one. Like they are definitely trying to be more defensive forward yeah. than um, uh, than they've been in the past. So we'll see how that works, and uh, we'll also see. I mean, Paolo's Benchero's is a next level player. He's a top three, 100%. Um, take all the drama away that he's been dealing with. He's still a great player, and he's still in that top five yeah. conversation for uh, the NBA draft next season. So I, I'm looking forward to to watching this game, seeing the matchup, and seeing defensively how both these teams play against one another because both their defenses are stellar. Yeah. You know, the and again the effort is there, the hustle is there. Um, Trevor Keels is also somebody that's really underrated. I'm going to wonder how their guards are going to play against Gonzaga too, because some of those guards on the perimeter are are great as yeah. well, and they can score. Like those guys can score. So looking forward to Trevor Keels. Do not disappoint me, my man. Um, <laughs> he's a uh, and he's also great on the defensive end as well. So. You have a very underrated player. I love love him. So, again, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm going to be watching it from the comfort of my couch. Uh, two tidbits of news uh, here. The National Football League and the Rams have agreed to a $790 million settlement with St. Louis. Again, St. Louis was very upset, obviously, that they lost the Rams, but also they, they did not agree with how the process went down. They were about to take them to court. That That... That uh, hearing would have taken place in January around the same time that Los Angeles was supposed to host the Super Bowl. So the Rams don't have to deal with that. The National Football League doesn't have to deal with that. So that is uh, good news there. Um, But 
listen, I mean, this this was something. There was no chance that the Rams were going to go back to St. Louis, obviously. And and since St. Louis is not going to get another team, they they lost the Cardinals. They they lost the Rams. That's that's just not in the cards for them. Two other tidbits of news in terms of the USC coaching search. I know we've talked about that for quite some time. James Franklin re-ups at Penn State for 10 years so he can thank USC for, you know, basically handing him a nice 10-year deal. Reports coming out of Cincinnati that Luke Fickle will sign a long-term deal to stay there. So two of the hot names that were on the USC list are not there anymore. We'll we'll see... um, who the Trojans hire. They play BYU on Saturday at the Coliseum. I will not be there. I have better things to do with my life than watching USC get blown out at the Coliseum again. So I will not be there. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we are going to be talking about the man behind my new favorite documentary that is on Showtime right now, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. I always hate hearing that phrase as a Lakers fan, but we will hear the story behind that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and the 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show, and you are listening to a new generation of radio, the all-new and Mightier 1090 AM. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show. On a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back to the Raj Morkazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are here on a Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve. We have a very special guest, Mr. Eric Newman, executive producer at Showtime Basketball. He's also the director and producer of Kevin Garnett's Anything is Possible. It is a phrase that a lot of Laker fans out there uh, don't like. I remember I was in Boston for game six of that finals. And just one of the more depressing feelings, A, the Lakers losing to the Celtics, but B, losing in the fashion that they did. That game was over in the first half. That 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 was a blowout, but it was the high watermark of KG's career. You hear about that moment. You hear about him forming the big three. You hear about him going from high school to the pros. Just so many great stories in there to, to uh, talk about. Again, Showtime Basketball is fantastic. They do such an amazing job. Um so, Eric, great to have you on the show. First of all, this the documentary is fantastic, and we kind of have to begin there. How did this documentary came, like, 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 how did it come to be? Did you go to KG? Did KG go to you? How did this documentary happen? It, one of the most magical convergences of uh, different groups of people that I've ever been involved in, so... You know, as a as a lifelong basketball nut, and thankfully being able to combine my passions for basketball, film, and storytelling, and turn them uh, into into a career, um, KG was always that story that you dreamt of telling because of all the incredible things that went on in his career uh, from that leap, and then of course through his, his unbelievable Hall of Fame career, but. Um, we got connected through uh, Mark Levin of Blowback Productions, who is our executive producer on this, on this film. Mark had met KG uh, in L.A. in, I think it was uh, early 2018, 
and Mark, um, you know, who's been a man and his son, Dan Levin, is co-director on the film. And I go back 10 years with them. Um, Mark had worked with Mike Morangu, who runs KG's uh, production stuff on his side, Content Cartel. Mike had worked on the Iverson doc. He had worked on uh, Rick Ross Freeway Crack in the System with Mark. And I was out here in uh, January 2019 filming the DeMarcus Cousins film, The Resurgence. And it was I was out here for DeMarcus's uh, comeback game with the Warriors against the Clippers. And, um, you know, I put in touch with, with Mike a few weeks before. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. And uh, I'm finishing up one meeting in Hollywood. And I've got, you know... Kind of that uh, Harvey Keitel, Winston Wolf moment in Pulp Fiction. You know, you're 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. <laughs> and the next thing you know, uh, I'm in the room with with KG, Mike, and his crew, and they've just got this whole creative vibe going on around the effect and the impact of what his decision led to. And you take that monumental moment in basketball, basketball culture those things that were impacted along with his own story and journey. And you've got the foundation for something special, which thankfully we were able to, to build out and turn into what you just watched, which, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you and many have enjoyed so far since it, it went live on Showtime November 12th. No, it's fantastic. I mean, what is one thing, I guess, without, you know, revealing too much that you learned about him? Because again, when you talk about someone who, has been in the spotlight since he was in high school. You feel like you know his story, but there were so many things that he talked about in terms of his workouts and his life. And um, was there something that that you were surprised about? Well, he gives so much on camera, right? Yeah. So there's so many things that he shares. You know, he shared a lot on camera, obviously. And then in building the trust between us, he shared a lot of things off camera that we would then discuss and then ultimately determine if they were going to be in the film and, and be talked about. But here's one thing that is truly amazing that it, it surprises me when you think about it. And I, I think it'll do the same for you. you. You think about the 14 month window of his life between the incident in South Carolina in spring of his junior year that is the um, is the thing that makes him have to you know relocate for a senior year of high school. That fourteen month window between um, the incidents in South Carolina, and I don't want to spoil anything for the film, but obviously this is, this is public knowledge that KG had to leave South Carolina. That incident, uh, going to LA, that AAU moment, then ending up in Chicago having the run in the season that he does with Farragut and Ronnie Fields and Wolf Nelson, McDonald's, learning he could go to the NBA, dealing with the test scores, and then finally going to the league and being drafted. That all happens to him in 14 months. In, in a time when that didn't happen to anybody because of, obviously, Dawkins and Willoughby and, and Malone going 20 years earlier, but it's a different world we're talking about back in 94-95, in obviously, for many reasons. And for all of that to happen to a teenager in 14 months and for it to work out the way it did, is it's truly mesmerizing when you think about it. Those decisions, the pressure, being in the spotlight, and to go through that 
to go through that, excuse me, and come out on the other side and, and be the fifth pick in the 95 NBA draft amongst all those other names is crazy when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Can you, I mean, the one amazing thing about this doc and the show that you do, and Showtime in particular, it, this is really, you know, when I covered the, the league and you talk to these guys and there's no cameras there, this is the stories that you get. Is there... Is there something of this secret sauce that you guys have done with Showtime, again, with, with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson in this documentary? I mean, this is, you're really getting th- some great content, great stories. Um, like, can you, I don't know, is, is there a way to describe how you guys do this? I got to be honest, I'm still pinching myself. <laughs> but... but you know, like you said, you were a, a you were a freshman in, in yeah. '95 in high school. So, so my senior year of high school was '95, '96, right? And uh, basketball was such a huge part of my life. I grew up in New York, um, 20 miles outside the city. Just fortunate to be, you know be able to play three sports and and be able to have those sports experiences. But basketball was the thing, and I was always drawn to the stories and the characters of the league and uh brian daly who's uh svp of, of sports at showtime who brought the showtime basketball vision to life and then obviously you know we were able to you know create what we've created with with matt barnes and stephen jackson who have been obviously instrumental in all this and then the parallel of bringing kg on board we just wanted to tell the real stories and because of our journeys in the space and working with athletes and gaining trust and not reframing things and not putting things out there without context and knowing that we were not going to be these quote-unquote hot take machines or for those out there that love the term clickbait, like that's not us. We wanted to get down and tell these real raw stories and to just back up um, a, a step or two, you know, Showtime had been doing these really great, not just sports documentaries, but, you know, you look at the, the lane of basketball docs that was already on the platform before Showtime Basketball was created. You have Kobe, you have Iverson, you had Shut Up and Dribble, you had One and Done, you had uh, The Resurgence, Quiet Storm. Like, the, the makings and the stories and the characters were already there. Brian, the strategist he is, and someone who is, so good both on the uh, business side of the industry and at the same time the creative side of the industry saw an opportunity to build a platform and to build an umbrella around all these great stories. And, you know, listen, we all know we've been living this for a long time. We know the appetite and the, and the demand for basketball content and basketball stories. That's, that's increasing still by the day. And uh, thank goodness for the, the for that appetite and the fans wanting to consume more and more and all these great platforms that keep emerging. But we knew we had to create something that was truly unique and being able to be this, this platform where the, this, the real stories come out and the players come on and obviously credit Matt and Stack first and foremost, because the, those that come on all the smoke, they're comfortable sharing their stories and they know that they're going to be handled correctly and nothing's going to be taken out of context and it's going to be presented the right way. So that's really where it, it goes back to and that's the, that's the core of it. But to be able to, in parallel, build such a fun 
impactful show in all the smoke and the constant ecosystem around it. And then to do the same thing with Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. And these other things that we're working on creating now with Kevin, that'll be in, in the digital space as well. Um, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> talk about making your own luck, but very, very fortunate. And, um, you know, just great, great place to be in here as we, uh, as we close 2021. Um, Eric, I just, uh, this is Jihei, uh, Arash's producer. I just wanted to, uh, I, I love producing. I think this is, this is one of my dream jobs, right? Is to be able to tell a story, to be able to, you said you pinch yourself every day and you're just so fortunate every day to, to have this job. What advice are you, would you give kids who do want to um, get to your level of producing? Because what you're doing is beautiful, being able to tell this story. Um, what, what advice would you give to them to try that are trying to obtain this career? this life? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I'm a former basketball coach and, and teacher and clinic director. So, you know, my first career, you know, every day I was working with, with, with young people. And in this realm, you know, I try to mentor and teach as much as I can when the opportunities present itself. But, you know, when I started my journey, just, you know, out of undergrad, 2000, 2001, that, you know, this industry did not exist. So I've been very fortunate where I had all of these different experiences in basketball and freelance media and production. And then the timing of the industry evolution and growth and technology all kind of worked out with uh, my own journey through it. But the best piece of advice I can, I can give is, is stay at it. And, you know, I've grown a career um, in this very special way, but you know, not too long ago, you know, four years ago, four and a half years ago, you know, tremendous uncertainty. Like we've all been there, right? We've, we've hustled through it. We've looked at the bank account and we're like, Oh, I've got two months rent or I've got a month's rent left in the bank. I got to make this next project happen. So it's staying at it. It's being true to your passions and it's, it's building a great network of people because I am not here by myself. I am here because I was mentored. People looked out for me. I built relationships and I've continued to follow my passions and, and, and hone my craft. And somehow it's gotten me here. So sorry for that long, that long winded answer, but that's, that's no, it's a great really answer. worked for me, you know? Hey Eric, Armand here. Thank you again for joining us. We, we all know Kevin Garnett for, for his intensity, I would say, first and foremost. After meeting him, did you, did you have a different perception of him uh, from what we see on the court? Obviously, you know, the title of the documentary, Anything is Possible, is from the famous roar that he gave after the Celtics won the championship. Was there anything that you noticed that was different intensity-wise on and off the court for Kevin? Well, I, I, come, at, I, I come at this from a... <laughs> a really unique place. I'm, I'm also a, uh, I'm also been a Celtics fan since I'm a kid. So, um, growing up in New York amongst, uh, all the Knicks fans of the nineties and the early two thousands after, uh, the Celtics big three, uh, was done and, and Reggie Lewis passed was, was not the, was not the easiest thing from a sports perspective. So when he got to the Celtics, it was like, this is the team I had always, wanted to root for so you you're watching the guy intensely on television night after night month after month year after year 
and you're seeing that passion, and you're seeing that intensity, and then you get in the room with him, and it's unbelievable how he can channel all of that in the most positive ways towards these creative interests he has. And it's one thing, you know, we see all these different athletes and who are getting into production and production companies, and they all have their different creative interests. KG channels all that energy into these creative things, except now he doesn't have to butt heads with somebody on the floor for 40-plus minutes and, and talk trash and, and be in those battles. And now it's just about the, the creative mission. And he understands the inner workings of production teams because they're very similar to sports teams and how they have to work together. And what's so impressive about him in this space is he studies. He watches series. He watches films. He knows what he likes. He knows what he doesn't like. And, you know, it leads to great creative exchanges. Um, but for someone of him, his stature to want to continue to learn, I mean, he is a lifelong learner. He is a sponge for information. And this stuff all resonates and gets him really, really excited. So you take that energy and that passion that you saw on the court and you apply that to this lane, um, that's really exciting. And it's been a really fun thing to, to be around. I have one question, um, one more question for you, Eric. And unfortunately, this doesn't have to do with the doc, but it does have to do with you are you are, were a showrunner for a pretty epic series called Narcos and Narcos Mexico. <laughs> And I love me some Narcos, man. It's, it's such a great, great series. Um, can, what can you tell us about show running for such an amazing series? Well, here's the comedy around this. That is not me. Been, <laughs> no way! I literally, like, I looked so up everything I, for you. Oh, so, no. So, 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 Would no, you show so, run? So, so, uh, oh, oh, I, absolutely. But so this, this is finally where this story can come out. Let's finally have some <laughs> nice. fun with it. So... So in uh, 2007, there's a film that comes out called Children of Men with Clive Owen and Michael Caine. It's a sci-fi thriller. Don't know if you remember it. It's a, it's a, it's a really good film. So, um, you know, I get my love of the arts from my parents. My mom's an artist and an art teacher. Uh, my father started a film collection when I was a kid. My dad's out of his mind. He's got like 3,000 movies in the house. So we would go to the movies all the time as a family. And this was just one of those, you know, I was like 20... 20, I think 29 years old, so I was out seeing them for the holiday. We go to see Children of Men. We sit, film ends, the credits come on. There it is on the screen. Produced by Eric Newman. At no. time, I'm a teacher <laughs> and a basketball coach. And if you remember uh, if you remember Dime Magazine, I used to do oh, yeah. like basketball like video creative with Dime back in the day with a lot of old friends over there. So my mom looks at me in the movie theater. She says, is there something you want to tell us? And I said... One day, you will see my name on a screen produced and directed by it. And that was 14 years ago. Then Narcos comes out around 2012 originally. And in the opening credits on that great still of Escobar, produced by Eric Newman. Now, everybody I know is sending me screenshots of that, saying, you didn't tell us you nailed this big show. What's going on? And I had just changed careers <laughs> and it got me so fired up. And over the years, I get more inbounds for Eric Newman, who is, you know, has had a great career. I think he's 10 years my senior. And as of last week, when I was in New York, we premiered Kevin Garnett, Anything is Possible 
at the Doc NYC Film Festival uh, two nights before it aired on Showtime. And I'm walking around the city and I'm catching up with people and I'm going to events for the festival and, you know, the social feed's going crazy and I'm looking at my Instagram and Eric Newman, the other Eric Newman, <laughs> and it's why I added my, it's why I added my W to my wow. middle initial to, to my, to my name now. He is in New York at the same time promoting his new project with <laughs> Kevin Hart. And Al Roker is tagging my Instagram. Oh, the no. that they're taking together with Kevin Hart. So I actually called his office and let them know that this has been going on for years. <laughs> and I'm hoping to get a hold of them. So Eric Newman, if you're listening to this, um, the Eric Newmans need to unite and figure out a, uh, a fun project to do in the industry. Yeah, so, I was just about to uh, say... You guys need to get together, man. <laughs> like, create something fabulous Absolutely. together, right? Um, Absolutely. I love it. And and for a long time, this served as, you know, this. Uh, you would use it as competition. I'm like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the other Eric Newman. I'm not going to be someone that doesn't have a career. And I would use it to push me. And <laughs> it's just really funny. This is where we're at. And <laughs> you asked me the question about Narcos. So there's the story behind it. We had 60 seconds left. I just want to encourage people to watch this doc. You know, normally during the holiday season, I binge watch things. So listen, like when you're done watching the KG doc, go to the Showtime Basketball YouTube page. I mean, it is my favorite thing to do, Eric, and I'm not just telling you because you're here, but these, you know, one hour and a half long, you know, sit downs with Jamal Crawford and Fred Van Vliet and Deshaun Jackson. Last, I mean, you probably can't, can't do this, but I just wanted to thank you so much because talking to Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson was one of the highlights of my career. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for the doc. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for, thank you for having me. Thank you for the light. You continue to shine on uh, all the, the, the great work we're trying to put out there and um you know we're just looking forward to continue to continue to build this thing as we head into 2022 so really appreciate it and uh hopefully everyone out there really enjoys kevin garnett anything as possible and learns something and is also inspired by it that's awesome thank you so much that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.